podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by the loveliest co-host in the universe, Dennis Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. You're just saying that because Jared Cook delivered in such a tremendous way. Look, I, I'm the I'm a very happy camper because on on Sunday night I went through mega tilt uh, mm-hmm. with Twitter because Twitter doesn't understand win probability. Uh, like <laughs> humans, humans are unbelievable that they can't understand and comprehend win probability. It's no different than the way that people reacted to like the election, right? right. Where right. it's like it's like yeah, guys, you understand that like eighty percent chance to win doesn't mean that it's a certainty. There's a reason why it's it's a probability. It's it's called right. win probability. Exactly. So, so I had that experience on Sunday night, but then Monday night, last night, you get Babytron in an island game going over the century mark. He looked awesome. Yeah. And then you get Jared Cook just, just going ballistic. Jared, and, and- just unbelievable. You were you were right. You were right on about about how Cook could do well in that game. Uh, in that the Rams cornerbacks just smothered the the the, the wideouts for for Oakland and and Carr had nobody to throw to except for um, the running backs and and Jared Cook over and over and twelve targets for yeah. Jared Cook. And it's it's a it's a funnel defense. That Rams defense is a funnel defense. And and look who's the defensive coordinator. It's Wade Phillips. What did Wade mm. Phillips do when he was in Denver all the time? He had a funnel defense. He had those two strong corners. There was yeah. nowhere else to go. He let those tight ends run free. It's going to be a matchup that we're going to target probably each week or close to each week throughout the season. But before we we get into what happened this week and our streaming picks, which I think overall were pretty decent, um, we got to talk about something that's 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 borderline incredible. Yeah. Spe- speaking of win probability, yeah, right. uh, so and and not understanding it. So uh, we mentioned, I mentioned last last week that uh, I was having a, a crab feast on Labor Day weekend, and a friend of mine uh, uh, made the incredibly hot take of um, if the Steelers don't win in Week One at Cleveland, then the Browns would win. Okay, and and we we laughed about this. We laughed, ah, ha ha ha. Yeah, very we made funny. we made so much fun of this person. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know that. Uh, thanks for the bold take. Thanks for the information. So, 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 one of our listeners tweeted us yesterday and said th- that take was wrong. <laughs> it was actually a hot take. It was, it, but it was you. You missed. You actually said if Team A loses, I think Team B will win, and you were wrong. You were wrong. Yeah. And any time that I think that I'm I'm having a bad day from a take perspective. And I get crushed with a with a results driven uh, yeah. Twitter feed, you know, Twitter mentions. I'm just gonna think about that guy. I, I I I have to tell. I next time I see him, I have to tell him this because this is it's it's an amazing thing that a tie and a terrible tie. I'm sorry you had to actually. I'm sorry you had to get through that game. That's that looked terrible. Could you get more owned than what that man got owned? Like how that man <laughs> got owned? I mean, he just got completely owned. 
I mean, I, I try to, I try online every day, but I don't think I've ever been that that owned. Yeah, I mean that game as a as a Steelers fan. I mean, look, I I've I've talked about this on the show many times. I've detached myself a good bit from the fandom side of things. Like I mm-hmm. trust me, I celebrate whenever the Steelers win. It's a great time, and uh, I'm I'm very passionate about football in general. But I I don't really like get worked up over losses anymore it's just it's it's far healthier but like that that game to me i I like i even just tweeted after the game was over it was just like it's not it's not good football like i've seen i saw take i saw takes of people enjoying that game and saying that no that was that was legitimately horrific football like just bad every time every time there was a completed pass i was like oh wow yeah, like, right, right. I, I, I haven't seen that in 15 minutes. Right. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, Sal, our buddy Sal from two or from from two QBs, uh, he put together that league. You were in it, right? Of, of the yeah. bad, the bad quarterback league. My team. So it's it's a for those of you who don't know, it's a team where you get points for quarterbacks doing bad things, and it's a best ball league. So if a quarterback you know does really really poorly, you're not choosing which one. So you know you're still drafting starters. Uh, because you're hoping that they have bad days, but you're drafting bad starters because you need to get points. But it's a best ball league where we drafted eight quarterbacks each and four quarterbacks are started each week. My team went ballistic in week one <laughs> because I had Tyrod Taylor and Ben Roethlisberger and you don't and you don't get points for rushing. Uh, oh, you don't. That was the main reason I went for Russell Wilson and Tyrod Taylor. Oh, that is I'm, I'm doing, I, the, I'm, doing the, I'm doing the point to the head uh, gif right now. Oh, yeah. No, you're the you're meme. definitely I. I um I should read the rules more carefully because that is that's sharp that's super sharp I I'm mean, winning that league baby Ty Tyrod is you know I love I love him I hope he succeeds but without the rushing man whew. yeah yeah it was rough I mean I I was tweeting about that game prior to the game I wasn't as as on those quarterbacks uh, once it started but the official word for this podcast will go out on the LTS Twitter account just so people mm-hmm. are aware if we if we change our opinions on on who you're streaming and and whatnot the 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 big concern I had was more so Roethlisberger than Tyrod just because uh, we know that Tyrod could do stuff with his legs and that's exactly what happened and it was the right defense to do it against um but Denny you want me to recap real quick on what happened this past week. I think that would be a good idea. Okay, let's talk about what happened this past week. I'm, I'm not on like mega tilt about missing Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm not I, at all. Yeah, I mean, like it, it was a really tough. I, I could see, you know, I, I was kind of into him from a DFS standpoint, but uh, from a from a season long perspective, it really didn't make that much sense to you know process wise to just throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. The Saints secondary is way better than what they played this past week. I've gotten questions about whether to play the Saints this week against Cleveland. I think you still play the Saints at home. Maybe you, maybe you disagree, but um, I, I still, you know, they, they looked bad. They were not the normal Saints. But we saw, actually, there was a great point by Rich Rebar, and then Evan Silva talked about it a little bit too on Twitter. Um, but recall, last season, the Saints were awful in Week One. Also, they they were they got roasted by Sam Bradford. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Saints turned things around. Uh, they're going to be at home again. Uh, I I don't expect an outing similar to what Ryan Fitzpatrick just did. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I honestly, I'm not tilting at all uh, about about Fitz because, um, you know, in a, in a 12 team standard size league with one quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you you're not going to you weren't going to start him over the streamers that we recommended or the people you could have gotten in the eighth or tenth round, 
during the draft. Um, I, I'm thinking more like maybe like a super flex league. I don't know. Let me think like um, a Scott Fishball where yeah. I uh, I benched him. You know, something, something yeah, right. along those lines. He he would have been serviceable in in that circumstance. Well, yeah. I had him. I have him in two super flex dynasty leagues. One of them, I started Marcus Mariota over him, and oh. and he died. Oh. And, then, and then the other one, I started Bortles over him. So that was a it was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, our quarterbacks overall, I think we're pretty strong this week. Andy Dalton was the safest pick, um, and he scored sixteen and a half fantasy points. People were in our mentions, in mine at least, <laughs> tilting that early in that game. Um, the Bengals offense didn't look nearly as good as I thought they were going to look. Um, they, they actually, what's interesting is I mentioned last week and mentioned over the off season, how Cincinnati didn't run or Cincinnati ran the fewest plays in the league last season. They ran the fewest amount of plays in week one. Really? Yeah. Uh, It's, it's really, really disheartening, but I, I I think I, you know, hopefully things turn around, you know, it's a small sample, but, uh, Andy Dalton, 16 and a half points could do way worse. He was like a, a higher end QB two. Case Keenum, 19 points, uh, very strong outing. He he was slinging it. He had a really high average depth of target, um, but he threw a few picks, but it doesn't matter because this is fantasy football, so that was good to see. Exactly. Um, and then Tyrod Taylor ended up scoring about 24 fantasy points, which was sweet because of his rushing, definitely not his passing. Uh, on defense, defensive streamers were not very good this week. I, I, I should say... I should say they weren't awful uh, since the Saints weren't technically a streamer, uh, but yeah. we both did like the Saints, as did the majority of fantasy analysts. Um, but Detroit and Green Bay were our streaming defenses. They scored eight and seven points. Thank God Sam Darnold threw that pick six. Oh, huh. right. Like, yeah. thank, thank God. You know, you know what I also noticed a lot uh, this this week? It seemed like this is just a feel thing. But you know how teams will rehearse their opening drive and stuff and they'll have set plays and whatnot. It seemed like teams were were overly rehearsed and they were super efficient whenever they went out. So you look at the Bears, you look at the yeah. Ra- the Raiders are another good example. And then once these defenses sort of saw it, they 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 immediately changed it up and were able to stop it. Yes, yes, the, the Raiders for sure because uh, they they were uh, you know completely stopped after that after that opening drive um i know that maybe they made a few drives but can i ask you something what is with Derek carr's thing where he has a he has like a clean pocket he's just standing there and he and he just throws it away he just throws it out of, out of is that something that quarterbacks do yeah, I, 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 look <laughs> you you know how i how i feel about Derek carr and how i've felt about Derek carr for years so i i'm all, my answer to anything Derek carr related is he's garbage uh, yeah, I think he might be, and and, and I will say it was, it was good to see that he was uh, calling audibles a lot, which means that maybe he can um, read a defense. He, yeah, maybe he, you know he can manipulate a, a defense a little bit, but but that thing like in that pick that he threw, where it kind of looked like he wasn't sure if he wanted to throw it out of bounds or yeah. or toss it to the sideline, and it was just picked uh, for for wait was that for a touch? No, 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 no. The the other one was for a touchdown, but. I just I'm just baffled by the fact that he does that, and then the announcers don't even notice. They just keep they just keep going along with the game. I'm like, did you just see what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and I noticed too with the announcers this week, just because there were so like the primetime games were split and stuff, and like I like the 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 con, the the, uh, the the color analyst side of things were just it was just I, I don't know. Did you hear the very warm take on, on during the Raiders broadcast where? 
they had a guy on the field who they were going to sometimes, and he he said straight up that the Khalil Mack trade was the worst trade in the history of the NFL. Yeah, right. Like, like what is that? What on, what is that <clears throat> on air? Yeah, like what what does that even what does that even mean? Yeah, and I the mean, announcers were like, "So Zerline uh, lines up for the kick." Yeah, I I just get I get really irritated now that I've like like studied really specific parts of the, of the league. And then like, we have really smart analytical guys like Ben Baldwin, for instance, who are doing like crazy work with, you know, the effectiveness of a play action pass or, you know, the effectiveness of a running game. And, and like, I'm sitting there just listening to that lions jets game. And the one dude is, is like, Oh yeah, the lions have to establish the run game yeah. right now because this is, and then and in the very next play, there's a play action to baby Tron. And, and he's like, this is why, like, this is, yeah. this is why this works. It's like, Awesome, man. Like, how is there not just like more intelligent commentary out there? And it's so irritating because then you hear crap in our mentions because based on on someone with this national audience, you know, and it look, it's not like it, it, it's a it's a logical take to think that that running the ball sets this up and play action. Pat, but like. Like there just needs to be a deeper and a, a deeper dive and a deeper understanding of, of football, in my opinion, that yeah. it does. And it, it exists way more in other sports. It exists way more in baseball. It exists way more in basketball and it continues to not exist in football. And, and I just noticed it a lot more here in week one. I, I think that the assumption by, by the networks is that um, football fans are very dumb. Yeah. And, 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 and they, they go. So everything, all the decisions that they make about how they present the game are based on that assumption that you're just like a cave person sitting in your basement, you know, swilling beer and, and watching the game. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other the tight end streamers that we had this week, we had RSJ, Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, he had 4.9 PPR points. We'll talk about him in a, in a bit. Austin Safarian Jenkins, the other hyphenated last name that we <laughs> used had five and a half points in what was an S show of a game. That was, that was just a brutal game all around. He had a he had a touchdown called back. Yeah, and then there was uh, Jared the Goat Cook, who had nine catches for 180 yards. By the way, you know how I do my my receiving yards to touchdowns analysis, like the regression analysis. Jared mm-hmm. Cook last year was number one and should have had more touchdowns based on his yardage total, and now he's still it's still going that way. Yeah, I, my my one promise to you, dear streamer, is that Jared Cook will never score a touchdown. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so he had nine catches, 180 yards. He scored the most PPR fantasy points at the tight end position more than Rob Gronkowski, hmm. which is pretty sweet. Interesting. So that's week one. We're going to push it aside. I'd say overall it's a plus week. Sometimes, could, yeah. some, sometimes we'll have down weeks, but week one served us pretty well, I think. Uh, but let's get into week two, Denny. Why don't you talk about a defense that people should be streaming? Uh, Jets defense. Uh, this is not necessarily based on the fact that they made the Lions look ridiculous. Um, and I think Stafford ended up with four picks in that game. Uh, but uh, it is based on the fact that they are at home uh, against the Dolphins. And Ryan Tannehill, uh, over over his career and with Adam Gase, has been particularly bad in losses. I will say that the Dolphins are a one-point somehow. I don't know how, but they're a one-point road favorite in this game. But if you like the Jets to, um, you know, to, to be okay in this game, perhaps win this game, uh, Tannehill in 2016 had a four to eight touchdown to interception ratio and in losses uh, over his NFL career. He's averaged 1.25 INTs per game in Miami losses. 
Um, so that, that's, that's sort of what we're, what we're going for. Uh, honestly, there are not a lot of of great streaming defense, uh, defenses on the, on the waiver wire. We, we missed out on a couple because of ownership percentage. Um, but I, I don't hate the jets at home. Yeah, I don't either. I got a question actually on my pod on the late round podcast last week. And it said, you know, who are some streamers that we can look forward to in week two? And basically the only defensive streamer that popped out to me was was the Jets. That was the the quickest one. So I think the Jets are in a good mm-hmm. spot. I like Washington as well. Um, Washington played really well defensively against Arizona. Now Arizona has plenty of issues offensively. I think Mike McCoy is a terrible coordinator. I think Sam Bradford is not very good. Um, so, that, you know, there's all of that. But at the same time, they were pretty impressive, the Washington D. They were on the road too. Now yeah. they're now they're at home. Uh, they're pretty strong five and a half point favorites. I do wonder too uh, if this storm is going to impact that area at all. I don't really know. Yeah. I'm only concerned with my home area, <laughs> but uh, you know, who knows if there's going to be like some wind or or some rain or something, which would maybe benefit the defense potentially. Um, but the Colts last week, they're playing the Colts. They're in 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 Washington. Um, they're the, the Colts allowed two sacks, nine quarterback hits, an interception, and a fumble recovery in week one against Cincinnati. Wow. Um, I just think that overall, if there's a positive script, you're playing against Andrew Luck, you're playing against a bad offensive line or, or at least a mediocre one. Um, they should be able to at least give you some sort of floor. Uh, I As I live about an hour from uh, the Washington Stadium, uh, I will be reporting live uh, the weather conditions on on Sunday, so uh, you know tune in and and I will I will become a weatherman for for ninety minutes before the game. And for the record, I've had a lot of very kind people on Twitter saying, "Hey, are you okay with the storm coming?" You know, I know you live in North Carolina. Just so people are aware, Charlotte is very very inland. If you think about where Pittsburgh is, which is very close to the Ohio border, we're literally north south of Pittsburgh. It's very mm-hmm. inland, but you know, there's, there's obviously, <clears throat> we're, we're still going to see some wind, some rain, that kind of thing. And then I have my immediate families in Raleigh too. So there's going to be, it's going to be a, a nasty, nasty storm. I, um, it, I, I, I do want to mention to everyone that I did not ask JJ if he would be okay. He didn't, he didn't. <laughs> I have not. Uh, what, what did the president call it? A, a very wet and nasty <laughs> situation. Yeah, <something>. right. <laughs> so, that, that, that's what it's going to be in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. but you know, people in like Wilmington are like, they're, they're projecting to see six to 12 feet of rain. Like what? imagine that. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like the storm is horrific. It's so sad. Um, but stay safe everyone. Now that we're talking about it, stay safe if you are on the coast. Um, and hopefully it doesn't, you know, move inland all that much. Let's go to quarterbacks. Denny, we have four quarterbacks this week. Um, yeah. I would say that overall, uh, maybe one of them is my favorite, the one that you're probably going to talk about first, but you know, I, I don't have a, a vibe of, of guys that, that you must start. I think that you're just going to have to listen to our arguments and, and why we like these guys and, and kind of go from there. Right. Uh, just to, to, to finish the, the thought that I had a second ago, the president called Hurricane Florence tremendously big and tremendously wet, wow. which which of course is the name of my upcoming sex tape. Uh, all right, let's get into uh, uh, streamers for <laughs> week two. Um, you know, K- Case Keenum, my guy, my guy. Yeah. Uh, who threw three picks and somehow uh, put up 19 fantasy points. Uh, Denver is a six-point home favorite against uh, you know what appears to be a mediocre slash terrible Oakland defense. 
Um, they got no pressure on Jared Goff last night. He just sat back and pretty much patted the ball like he was in practice. He was sacked once on Monday night. Uh, Jared Goff was. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Keenum, we should expect, I think, Keenum to have a, a fairly uh, clean pocket to throw from against a bad secondary. Keenum threw for 329 yards in a game with neutral game, neutral game script uh, in week one. So, you know, I sort of am a little bit hesitant uh, to, to, to go all in on him uh, against the Raiders because um, I, it, it seems like a, a possible blowout to me. And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know if Denver will take the air out of the ball, but that's not good process. The good process is they're favored, they're at home, they're playing bad defense. I'm going to say he's going to score 15.2 fantasy points. All right, I, I I that that sounds fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with 19. He's gonna put up 19 again. Okay. Uh, the next streamer uh, is Blake Bortles. Um, I, I'm not I'm not like I think in with this particular one. I mean, I like Keenum more than Bortles. Um, but it, it just feels kind of weird. Bortles doesn't have super strong uh home away splits at all. He actually over the last three years has averaged more points on the road than at home, which is kind of crazy. It's mm. it's only by like point three points or something like that, but. Um, he's playing against new England. You're kind of hoping for a script that's going to be favorable for that passing attack. And obviously Leonard Fournette might not be a hundred percent. Uh, so that might force him to throw the ball a little bit more. Maybe, maybe just get the running backs involved a little bit more in, in the passing game instead of, uh, you know, grinding them to the, uh, to the defensive line. Um, you know, new England looked fine against Deshaun Watson. Uh, but I also think that Deshaun Watson is just simply regressing and might not be ready slash isn't as good as people thought. Uh, so I'm not as concerned. They were also at home. Um, so overall, you know, it's a, it's a decent game total. The game should be close. Jacksonville's a three-point favorite, um, and they're at home, like I said. You know, I don't love Bortles. He's not a slam dunk in my eyes, um, but I think that you could do worse uh, in a week where there's just not, you know, obvious streaming picks. Right. Um, all right, so I will go next. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Ty God. Ty Goat. Uh, he's available in uh, a little over 40% of leagues. Although, I don't know. Do you think people are going to drop him after this week? I mean, be just because it was such a horrific uh, uh, throwing performance. I know he scored a lot of points. Yeah, maybe. It'll be iffy. Yeah. So he completed 37% of his passes in week one, which is, um, in the business, we call that not not good. And uh, he ended up, yeah, obviously ended up with 24 fantasy points. Um, the uh, The Saints... Obviously, just made you know Fitzpatrick look like Joe Montana, and uh, it looks like since the Saints are seven and a half point favorites, of course we were going, uh, uh, we were basing a lot of decisions on the fact that the Saints were nine and a half point favorites yeah. against the Bucks last week, but they are seven and a half point fa- home favorites against the Browns. Uh, so I think the hope, if you're if you're rolling with Tyrod, is that the uh, Browns will not be able to uh, let their foot off the gas. Um, and maybe Josh Gordon can be more involved this week. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there as, as you know, uh, someone who merely watches the games. But um, I, I like Keenum better. Uh, but I think Tyrod is a, is a viable guy. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I'm sorry if you guys can hear something in the background. I think someone just started cutting the grass outside. Oh, what the hell? I know. Don't they know that we're recording living the stream right now? They should. Um, but the last quarterback I want to talk about is Mitch Trubisky. 
Um, he really was not good at all in week one. Uh, you know, he started okay, but uh, among the 34 quarterbacks with 10 or more dropbacks in week one, he had the sixth worst success rate, um, which is number fires metric that measures the percentage of positive throw, uh, positive expected points throws made by a, a passer. Um, so that wasn't very good. Um, and again, that's with like both Buffalo quarterbacks involved. I mean, he was basically one of the worst starters in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seattle gave up a 57.5% success rate to Case Keenum last week, which was the fifth highest in the league. Um, Trubisky's at home. Uh, the Bears are favorites, and the line is shifting in the Bears' favor and in Trubisky's mm-hmm. favor. Um, and I also think that that we could see a situation where uh, Trubisky gets a pretty strong field position throughout this game, uh, given that front seven for Chicago could, could be a disaster for uh, the Seahawks' offensive line and Russell Wilson. So... I actually think Trubisky's a pretty decent play this week. We know he has the weapons. Now he'll be a little bit more comfortable at home. He's not playing in Lambeau. I think that this is the week we might see that Bears offense more in full force as opposed to what we saw last week. Why were the Bears not doing all the all the fancy cool stuff that they did in the first drive the whole game? I'm I'm assuming it's just complacency. I mean, it's it's you know they they get a lead. Um, they have a 90, 90% chance to win according to number fire live. And then, uh, you know, they just get complacent. We see it with coaches all the time. The, the, the most egregious thing that they did was that third and one where they yeah. and, where, and then honestly, if it's me, I go for it on fourth down, right? Like, like uh, uh, there, there's a lot of research that's been done where that says a six point lead is worse than having a three point lead. Because when you have a three point lead, the opposing offense is, is playing more conservatively and playing for a field goal. Whereas right. if you have a six point lead, they're going for the touchdown. And if they score, then they're going to win. Um, I, you know, if the, if the young hip coaches don't understand this, then who will, who will save us from this? Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, Denny, I'm going to start with the tight ends. Cause I have two of them. Uh, we'll start with the easy one. And it's, it's Jared, the goat cook. Um, he's still out there in a bunch of leagues. I'm assuming that that's going to change a bit off the waiver wire, but technically he's still a streamer right now. Um, he had a 30% target share in week one, which is by far the most in, in, in of, among tight ends. Just incredible. Yeah. A 30% target share. Uh, they're really, look, I think that what Jared Cook is doing, and we talked about this you know, before the season started. I think that he can have sustainable production in this offense. Mm-hmm. The offense doesn't have much in terms of pass catchers. They have no. They have Amari Cooper and a bunch of thirty-plus-year-old dudes who you know it's it's Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, and Jared Cook. That's that's it. They have Seth Roberts, who's trash. They have I'm sorry, I shouldn't say trash. It's such a mean. <laughs> it's a mean thing to say about a person. He plays like trash, and then just like I'm a trash analyst. Uh, and then you know they have Brandon LaFell, who was a scratch. I mean they they don't have good pass catching assets. Why can't Jared Cook? see a lot of volume through the air. Why not? That is my question too. Why not? Why not us? Why not, why not us? Why not now? Uh, but again, he's he's facing another funnel defense where Denver has good corners. I know they don't have to leave anymore. Um, and Denver, though, saw almost 18 PPR points scored against them by the tight end position last week. So oh. I think that that's still a decent matchup. Start Jared Cook. Yes. Yeah, I think you just keep them plugged in. Keep keep it going. Uh my guy, my tight end, is Janu Smith from Tennessee. Um so Delaney Walker had that uh injury that made me wanna vomit all over myself. Um and he's out for the year. Uh so 
John Smith steps in. Um, you know, he's you know for the uh, for the folks who know, uh, he is a, a superb athlete by many by many, many measures. Uh, but that's not why I would recommend him. Uh, I would recommend him because in uh, Marcus Mariota's career, his tight end has averaged twenty two point two five percent of the target share when the league average is actually around thirteen percent for tight ends. And I would like to thank Philip Caldwell from Rotoviz uh, for that for that little nugget. I thought that was that was a very that's a that's a very good argument for whoever, you know, fills the role of Delaney Walker in Tennessee. Um, and um, I think I think that John o. Smith could be a guy you pick up this week. And you just start him. You just start him uh, mostly every week. I, I I think that he could become that sort of player. Yeah, I think that he's an interesting – he's definitely an interesting prospect. Uh, we're not really mentioning this, but keep an eye on Ian Thomas as well for Carolina with Greg Olson out. Um, the last guy, though, that I want to talk about is Ricky Seals-Jones. I know that he didn't come through for you in week one. Uh, he had a poor outing statistically, but his peripheral numbers were actually pretty strong. Uh, he ran the ninth most routes – at the tight end position in week one, despite the fact that Cardinal the Cardinals ran like the third fewest plays in the league uh, in week one. I mean, they, they ran like six offensive plays in the first half. Like it was horrendous. It was, it was, I mean, it wasn't that low, but it was pretty bad. Right, right, right. Um, he saw 93% of the team snaps, which is something he only hit the 30% mark twice last season. Um, and then he saw more than 17% of the team's targets. And then Again, he's playing the Rams, the same defense that Jared Cook just dominated. So I think RSJ is a really interesting option. Um, you know, I, I do worry, I, I worry about the Larry Fitzgerald factor a little bit with RSJ longer term, just, or throughout the season, just because they're going to be occupying similar areas of the field. Uh, but I do think that RSJ still has that opportunity to break out this year. I just wish that Mike McCoy was more creative and Sam Bradford was better, but that's it. Uh, just to recap, then we have Jared Cook, RSJ, Jonu Smith. We got Mitch and Bortles, <laughs> which of course sounds like a failed abc sitcom from the 90s <laughs> mitch and bortles uh then we got tyrod taylor and case keenum and then we got the washington d and the new york jets defense it's incredible denny every time i recap it's just like like our podcast really is dedicated to the worst football players imaginable I, I, it absolutely is I, that, that list included guys no one wants no one wants them and then we still get crapped on whenever the picks are wrong but they are they are our guys. Johnu Smith is our guy. That's right. This first question is from we're going to Twitter, by the way. All right, let's do it. This first question on Twitter is from at Chris underscore quick. Sending this one again since this is a dadding the stream now. What home repair project are you most proud that you completed? I've I've never done anything in the home <laughs> repaired anything. I'm I'm not I mean like it's not like I'm big and like doing stuff, but, but I, I did, uh, uh, my wife and I laid new floor in our laundry room and grouted mm -hmm. it and did all that, that work. And then uh, let me tell you also, we, we put up like, like this brick wallpaper mm -hmm. in the laundry room. There is nothing that's more tilting on this planet than putting up wallpaper. Really? No, nothing, nothing. It's, it's horrific. Uh, so lay, laying some floor, is that what the kids are calling it these yeah, days? Yeah, that's what the kids that, call it, yeah. Uh, laying some floor would be mine. <laughs> Jeez, kids are listening to this thing. Uh, I, I did, you know what I did last year? I actually, um, I took duct tape and taped up the uh, <laughs> the, the furnace in, 
<laughs> in our laundry room. And that took that took a good ten minutes. So yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's impressive. This next one's from at Vinny Troiano. All this talk about Denny's wife leaving him, but would Denny leave his wife for Jared Cook? After last night, you know, there's a pretty good chance. I, if if her attorneys weren't so intimidating, I think I would. This next question's from at Suna One. What what should I do with Amari Cooper and Marvin Jones Jr.? Marvin Jones, I think, is fine. Like, Cooper. like not uh, so. Marvin Jones is basically playing like the deep ball role that Kenny Galladay played last year for for when he was healthy. Kenny Galladay is there. It, like Kenny Galladay is going to outscore Marvin Jones. Like, can oh. we? That was one of my bold predictions in my article. Whenever we, whenever the season started, I, I really think that it, it's it like after seeing what happened in Week One, I don't think it's a hot take. I think that there's going to be a you know a lot of of. Uh, volume just spread around. I think Golden Tate's the only like very secure guy week in, week out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think again, Marvin Jones, this is what basically what I, I talked about on the late round podcast too. I don't know why I said it that way. Late round podcast, <laughs> the late round podcast. Uh, but I, I think that there, there, there's a good chance that like both Galladay and Marvin Jones are like wide receiver threes this year, you know, instead of Galladay who was drafted as a Wide receiver four ish. Jones is a wide receiver two. I think that it just he just takes it from him. So I think Jones is still fine. Amari Cooper, I'm definitely a little bit concerned about. I I would be too. Uh, well, Gruden said, and I actually don't really know what he meant, but he said, <laughs> yeah, what, it, what the it, hell did he mean by this? It's easier said than done to 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 feed Amari Cooper. I mean, that's honestly, it sounds like a huge shot at Amari Cooper. <laughs> it does, but I didn't. I look when I first read it. I thought to myself, oh, well, it's because, you know, they faced good cornerbacks in week one, and then they're going to see good corners again in week two. Or maybe it's oh, Amari Cooper's work that work ethic sucks, and he's not good at football. It sounded an awful lot like, uh, like you know, you can't force it to someone who's never open. I don't know. Right. You know? It's kind of like whenever I say, yeah, I'm going to record living the stream but with Denny, but it's easier said than done. It, it is. It is. And then you have to bleep out all the references to sex tapes. That's right. Uh, this next question is from at just swimming 11. What if DJ minus Bruce Arians is bad? It's not good. It's not, it's not Mike McCoy is bad. Not good. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's not good. I, I'm, I'm definitely concerned. Uh, do I think that you should be trading David Johnson today? I think that's a terrible idea uh, because he's still going to see a lot of volume and that he's still going to be fine from that standpoint. It's not like a LaShawn McCoy situation. LaShawn McCoy you you don't you can't start LaShawn McCoy right now. Like how how can you start LaShawn McCoy? Yeah. Right? Like I, I mean I'm I'm going to go on my podcast this week and say don't play LaShawn McCoy cuz it's just not logical. Yeah. And yeah. it's not it's not a situation like that, but I do think that it's a, right now the current situation in Arizona, it's a net negative. Like it's not It good. is. I mean uh he's still, you know, I mean we were talking on Twitter uh, that, you know, DJ still scored 15 or 16 PPR points. So, right, right. you know, and, and, and it was like the worst possible game, you know, and, and he, and he ended yeah. up with that. So I, I, yeah, I mean, definitely don't panic and definitely don't, you know, flail around and, and, and trade him for something, you know, uh, way less than, than what he's worth. You know, what's really interesting to me. We haven't heard enough about Kareem Hunt's awful week one. I, I we haven't heard anything about that. Like why why haven't we? Kareem Hunt saw less than sixty percent of a rushing share in Kansas City's offense. And he had one target, and his goal line he had he had zero goal line carries, 
Two of them went to Pat Mahomes, and one of them was a stupid little play to Tyreek Hill. They they scored a hundred points, and he wasn't involved. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, if, look, if Kareem Hunt doesn't go off against Pittsburgh, then you should be worried. If he does go off, he might be a sell candidate. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I I I think buying up uh, the 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 pass pieces of uh, of the Chiefs' offense is. is where it's at, I think that that Hunt could be a a disaster unless you're able to, you know, to to capitalize on a on a good week too. Yeah, I'm a little bit tilted. I ended up trading because I had a good team and I really didn't want to ruin my season by holding Le'Veon Bell, so I traded Bell for Kareem Hunt before Sunday's games. And now mm-hmm. I I I still think it's like it's one of those things where and we're gonna get to this in a second, but it's one of those things where like I, I I'm not very confident that Le'Veon Bell just appears in the Steelers locker room tomorrow. No, me. I think that there's a decent chance he won't play at all this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, this next question, at Derek Top Tier, what's worse for Denny, running out of seltzer water and the store not having any, or mm. being at a party and, and all they have left to drink is Imperial IPAs? Oof. Uh, oh, the party situation is much worse. I would be. I would honestly be in a sour mood for the entire time because you can't – I mean, you, you get to a party, you're not going to be like – um, I don't like anything here, so I'm gonna go out and buy yeah, myself. Good, good call. Yeah, myself some good, good natural light, you know, and bring it back. And I can't believe you're drinking natty now. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm drinking bad. You know who else is drinking natty? Uh, uh Pete Overzet. That's right. He's, oh yeah. He's, he's drink. He's drinking natty. So you know that that really proves proves my point that it's only it's only for uh, people who have good taste. What a strange comeback that's coming. That that's happening. With, with is that is it is it a comeback? Um, well, it's a comeback from my college years. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one at Jaded Browns fan. Yeah, you're probably still a little jaded. And what parenting book were you taught to stack Cheez-Its on your child's head? And what are the alleged benefits? Did you see that picture of my daughter, Denny? I did. I you 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 seem to have owned your daughter online. I owned her. I put she was she was. <laughs> Hanging out on my on my wife's lap, and I decided to stack cheese its on her head while she was she was still awake. She was just hanging out, just chilling with some. Yeah, is my my first like peak dad move that I've made. That that, that is funny. Uh, I I don't know if it's in a parenting book, uh, but uh, but the grease from the cheese its perhaps will mix in well, well with her skin. It's funny that I put like seven on there, and then I I ate them after they were sitting on her head for a while, and one of them was really warm. <laughs> Because, because it was yeah. the one that was actually on her head. Oh, my God. How soft is that skin? I love it. I know. It's the best. Uh, next one is from at bedtime37. Thoughts on pickles, delicious delicious accompaniments to sandwiches and the like, or trash cucumbers? They, they make me upset. They, yeah. Yeah. They kind of make me. That's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah, I, I get I get like visibly shaken when people are like if I get if I order a burger at a restaurant and someone with me is like, can I have the pickle? Of yeah. course, I'm going to say yes, because I would never eat the pickle. But to see that person devour the pickle like it's candy is sickening to me. Right. I here's here's my take. I actually don't mind pickled things like pickled onions. Let's say I don't like just the traditional pickle, though. Not not that into it. I have to on, on my way to the beach, the beach we go to in North Carolina every August, we have to pass through the town that makes all the pickles. What, what um one of the biggest pickle companies in in the US. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the brand. Yeah, I don't know it's in North Carolina, but you enter the town. It's like a company town, yeah. and there are freaking pickles everywhere. I I, I imagine uh, th- that's what hell will look like when I go there. Yeah, company towns would be so weird to live in. Yeah, I mean, there's so few left, but it definitely would. Yeah, it would be strange. Uh, this next one's from at Zach Couture. I hope I said that right. Couture, maybe. No, it's not Couture. Who do you like between Goff, Keatum, and Ty God? So Goff gets the mm. Cardinals, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would play Goff of those. Yeah, definitely. Next one, at Paul underscore Lack. Uh, Njoku or Live the Stream. Also, how many more times should I start Stafford before, before I finally learn my lesson? You wouldn't believe this, Denny, but like on an island night, uh, island game night, where the guy I've been touting since he entered the league goes off, the guy that we've been talking about on this podcast and that I touted this week as a guy who was a great play at tight end goes off. Some people were tilting Matthew Stafford because he was a guy that I said to draft based on his early season schedule. I I had some of the same, but yeah, that's 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 it's something. Just, it's inc- it's incredible, man. It's incredible. Um, but I I look, I, I think that you can still hold on to Stafford. I, he plays San Francisco this week. You might feel a little bit hesitant to play him. I think he's still a good play. I really do. Sure. Why not? I, I don't know. I, I would have a hard time playing him over, over a Keenum or a golf. Yeah. Well, then, then there's your answer. We're split. Next question at Dr. Pock TNK. Uh, I have Juju. Should I stream Fitzpatrick so I can rename my team? Juju believe in Fitzmagic. Oh dear God. Jeez. That, that took me a second. Yeah. Um, delete your account. I, I hate player pun team names. Uh, yeah, no, after the revolution, that, that will be a jailable offense. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Next question, at RWT underscore writes, am I good to just start Pat Mahomes every week? Please say yes. Yes. I mean, at least this week. He's playing Pittsburgh, so you don't have to worry about quarterback this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah I, Pat, Pat Mahomes is a monster. I, I, I wish I would have been more vocal and, like, more – I wish I would have just, like, stood ground with Pat Mahomes, but I was just, like, you know, like – that's the, he's the quintessential type of player, him and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? But Jimmy G, whatever him and Garoppolo are the quintessential players that, that are the late round quarterback brand. You get guys who you hope can be every week starters late in your draft, or of course you can just go and stream, but it's still more optimal to find a top three guy that you can plug and play. Yes. Uh, Mahomes strikes me, at least at least with arm strength, it, like Jay Cutler, like a young Jay Cutler who actually cares. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, He's that, actually good. That, yeah. And, and wow, some of those throws. The other day. I mean, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic, but I was, uh, my mouth actually, like my, like my jaw dropped on a few of those throws that he had. Yeah, against a really good defense. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, though, too, is that, that L.A., the Chargers – Similarly to to the Saints, they gave up a really bad performance in Week One last year to Trevor Simeon. Yes. So I mean, who knows? It's it's a small sample, but Pat Mahomes most definitely looked good. Next question at Bat Daddy: Robbie Anderson or Josh Gordon? Rest of season. This is a cake one for me. Uh, I think. He, I mean, I have to go with Josh Gordon. Yeah, it's easily Josh Gordon. Robbie Anderson saw like one target. I think one. He he, he barely played, didn't he? Yeah, I Quin- mean, that's that, that's Quincy Anunwa's team, guys. He he bought uh, he bought that team on Sunday, and he just rolled with it on Monday. I I'm I am gonna enjoy the uh, 
the the games where Anunwa catches seven passes and scores twenty seven fantasy points. Yeah, right. That's it. He he. Uh, Anunwa had a forty seven percent target share last night. Jeez, insane. This next one's from at the Rad Carpet, our boy Tom. Tom. What's your take on umbrellas and raincoats? Would you ever wear a yellow raincoat, or is that or is that too on the nose? Uh, <laughs> too on the nose. <laughs> um, God, I can hear Tom. Tom's I, I voice saying yeah, this. Exactly. Uh, uh, I okay. Raincoats are nonsense. Agreed. You don't need a. You don't need a raincoat. Just get an umbrella. Or get none and just just embrace the water. Every year, my wife comes back and she tries <laughs> to buy me. She tries to buy me a damn raincoat, and she buys our kids new raincoats. It's really- and she buys herself a new raincoat for what? There's no telling for what. We we don't walk in the rain ever. We have umbrellas. It's. It's really interesting that your wife, who left you, would would come back for that very specific purpose. She, she's very. I mean, I, I'm I am under the impression that she is being paid by big raincoat. She has to be if she's leaving you and coming back once a year to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from at Placence underscore. Uh, what would you notice that anytime I can't really pronounce someone's handle, I just say it very quickly. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. What yeah. would a, this is a good question. What would a hard knock show about extremely online fantasy football podcasters doing preseason prep look like? <laughs> uh, for me, it would be it would be like just me hunched over computer and then me turning to the TV to watch some Twin Peaks and then turning back and back at the computer. Yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing them like being in different fantasy analyst homes and they're just they're just cutting from shot to shot of the fantasy analyst just sitting there typing on his computer, his or her computer, right. just just yeah. going at it. Uh, endless uh, PFR queries. Uh. Yeah. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, next one at emo CD Carter. This is your your emo parody account. Okay. <laughs> what's what's your most hipster take? Mine is I love some band, but only listen to the first four. But only the sorry, I love some band but only the first four albums, you know, before they were so popular. Then he says, please, Denny, don't say season of the witch season of the witch is the best Halloween. <laughs> that's, that's Halloween three for, for those keeping score at home. Uh, I mean, that is a pretty hipster take that I have. So, I mean, do you have one that comes to mind? Uh, no, I don't think I have hipster takes. Uh, you know, you definitely do. You've definitely said, said something about like coffee or something that's super hipster. No, I don't even, but I don't, I, I went back to not drinking coffee. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, okay. so I'm not even doing that anymore. Uh, you, you had a good run. Uh, the, the most hipster thing I do, I mean, I'm, I'm unashamedly drinking natural light these days. So maybe that's that is, it. that is most definitely a hipster thing that you do. Okay. Most definitely. I, I don't, I don't know what I, I mean. I don't know. I don't think I don't think I do hipster. Th- I I don't do anything that's like not hipster. I'm a pretty boring person. Oh yeah, no, me too. I'm 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 definitely boring. It just I mean I I make my stand, my hipster stand on on a, on a few things. I don't think I do. That's I'm even more boring. Uh, next question is what we kind of talked about earlier at Dylan <laughs> McCannon. Uh, James Connor's trade value. So, look, guys, no one has any idea. No one has any idea. You can't, you have to do what's comfortable for you and your team and what you want. Do you want to sit there 
And if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner and just tilt your face off every day because he's not reporting, or do you want to trade for Le'Veon Bell and take on the chance that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back and play? I, I, I'm of the belief that Le'Veon Bell is going to report in like week 10 or whatever, or 12, whatever he has to absolutely report in order to become a free agent. That's because if he doesn't, if he misses the whole season, the Steelers can tag him. Oh. And so that would be, which would be the, the most hilarious like F you in the world. If he like skips the whole season and then the Steelers just slap the tag on him again. Um, oh, God. But it, it, it really like, I don't see the benefit at this point. Like why would Le'Veon Bell, if he showed us that he's missing week one, why would he all of a sudden join the team? I, I don't, he's already foregoing that game check. It would have made more sense. What I thought was going to happen is that he was going to report on Saturday of last week, miss week one, but get paid for it. And mm-hmm. then don't have that wear and tear on his body. And then, you know, that's one fewer game. Uh, yeah. but, but overall, this is, this is a legitimately, legitimately, in my opinion, dumb thing for Le'Veon Bell himself. Like, I'm thinking in terms of the player here, right? Like, there's no telling what sitting out 10 games would really do for his contract next season. We, we have re- no idea. I retweeted something that I, I, I can't I can't stop thinking about that tweet uh, where uh, it was it was basically that superstars uh, like like Khalil Mack, um, like Aaron Donald, like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, would f- need to form a, a a mini union and say we are we're holding out together un- un- unless and until all of our contract situations are ironed out, and and so that the league would be losing you know four or five superstars all, all all at once because the other as we saw as we see every year their team their teammates always take the side of ownership they always throw their teammate under the bus and say this is a team sport this is sports we're we're in this together we're a family this nonsense so uh uh so that the mini union needs to happen the other thing too is that when it's a one-off star that's sitting out especially when it's on a quarterback when it's like a one-off star like Le'Veon Bell right all of a sudden at a replaceable position especially James Conner is starting to become that. He's starting to become like he has this opportunity to like be something significant within the NFL because of his backstory and because of of his performance too. You know, there, there's 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 that aspect of things too where the NFL can just get away with it because these guys then emerge and then they make the star look look worse. I mean, it was unbelievable that some people hit me up after the Steeler game saying this is why they needed Le'Veon Bell. What? Yeah, I, like James Conner went berserk, and we James Conner looked amazing in Week One, and then, it, they, it, then this this and then running back wins Twitter comes out. It, it was it, it was the greatest running backs don't matter game of all time of all time. If, uh, the only mistake James Conner made was that fumble that 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 turned things around. But but like it's super wet out. Fumbles are mostly random. I mean that kind of thing can happen to anyone. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me how much people want running backs to matter so much. Sure. They matter, but they don't matter nearly as much as you think. Uh, next one at Diego 24 FPS. How many texts did Denny send his dad to dunk on him for Gruden losing? Uh, I, I actually, first of all, that game, I tried to stick with it here. I will admit that I went to bed at halftime because I could not hang. It was so late. I have not talked to my dad about it. But my dad called me before that game and was like, like, 
Gruden won't, they will not just win tonight. They're going to dominate. And I was like, dude, they're, it's like the worst. It's like the, a, a bottom four roster in the league. They're, they're not going to dominate the Rams. They, yeah. it's, it's old and slow versus young and fast. Who, who has the, the, the edge? Right. right. Um, did you see, by the way, I tweeted this, that the bills, did you see what they averaged per drive? 3.3, Six, 6.6 yards per drive. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at that's the equivalent of a giraffe. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, oh, six point six yards. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 had a giraffe per drive. It's horrendous. Yeah, it's not it's not great. It's not great. Although now I'm picturing a giraffe lying down on the field. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and then I I looked up. I was like, I, you can Google like how like what is eighteen feet or twenty feet long, and like it's like oh three Shaquille O'Neals, four Danny DeVitos, and it. Gives you a list of things. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Next one, at Faceman81. That's how I got the draft idea. The DeVito thing is funny. Uh, at Faceman81, what do you think would take you longer? This is this is an interesting question. Dad running a 5K or finishing a hole of golf swinging from your non-dominant hand? I mean, the hole of golf. I It would have to, right? I, the 5K lasts forever. Well, no. Well, this is asking what would take you longer. Right. Take take a take. What you mean? Just the the amount of time to yeah. What what would take you longer to accomplish a hole of golf with your non dominant hand or running a five k? I'm not saying that it would be pretty on the golf course. I'm not saying I could just tee it up left handed and you know and uh, uh, knock it on the green in two. Of course not. But I think I could advance the ball left handed to the point where eventually I'm. I'm up on the green and putting where, uh, you know, where I would be in the 5k probably is in the first, uh, 10%. Well, so, well, how long, how long does a normal golf hole take? I, I don't, I've never really like measured it time wise. I mean, I play golf all the time, but I've never um, actually measured one. Sing- I, like, have you ever measured a single hole? You used to play like competitively. I, I did. I did. I, I, uh, uh, um, I mean, I, 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 I think by yourself, um, a par four can take, I think you can get it done in five minutes. Okay. Okay. It, how long does a 5k take? See, Am I was in- thinking I was, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not really running anymore, but let's say, I mean, my peak running, I would have, it would have been, it would have been 5k easily, or that would have taken less time, but how, how long I, I think, I, I think that a. Oh, a golf hole because you're also traveling to your ball. Mm-hmm. I think it would be longer than I, I think that a left-handed golf hole. Like, let's say that you're running a 5K in 25 minutes to a half hour. Okay. Okay. I think that the golf hole with your non-dominant hand might take longer. I, I, I mean, if you're if you're playing, you know, a par five at Shinnecock Hills. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps yes, <laughs> you're going to take longer than 30 minutes, but, but at the local course, it's not going to take you. It, I, I just, I just can't imagine. I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the, the golf there. We're going to have to disagree, Denny. All right. Next question. This is actually going to be our last one at MRock 72, couple of bathroom parentheses, pooping related questions. <laughs> The first, there, there's something like really, really uh, uh, frightening about this question. The second one. <laughs> first off, do you fold the toilet paper neatly before wiping or crumple it into a ball? I, I fold it. Yeah. How do you crumple it? 
If you're a child, I guess. <laughs> I guess I've never I've never potty trained a child, but that seems like something a child would do. Oh boy, just wait. <sighs> so okay, so then I'm gonna go to the third question because the second one just has me has me on tilt. The third one says, in public slash office restrooms, do you put paper down on the seat before you poop? I, I I'm a nest creator. I, I here's what I'll do if they have one of those custom-made <laughs> jobs yeah, I know what you're about. that you can just yank, yank at. It's like, like Cust- paper-thin. Custom-made jobs. <laughs> and, and, and you put it down on the toilet. I'll do that. But, you know, I don't have time for that. I'm just sitting. I'm, I'm, I'm nesting. I'm a nester. Uh, that, was, that was taught at a very young age that you nest. Uh, but the, la- the, the last <laughs> question, the last question, Denny, do you stand up or sit while wiping? Man, these are really intense personal questions. Stand, this has, you don't, who stands up? How no, do you stand up? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, my son stands up because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> right. Who is, who is taking a dump and then getting toilet paper and then physically standing up off of the toilet? Like, no. of course you have to like lean forward a little bit. Like you can't you can't just like be in the same position because how do you get your hands under there? But, oh my god! But how, you don't you don't just stand up. Yeah, sit your ass down. You got you got to keep you got to keep it all down. Yeah. Like how do you you're gonna get like poop on your leg? Is, does this person? Do you think this person maybe uh, like George Costanza gets naked to go? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's to, exactly. to, to defecate. That's that's there there are. There are I, there are very interesting things that we find out on this show, uh, and one of those things recently has been the strange ways that people go number two. Yeah, I mean, I guess keep them coming. It's 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 entertaining. A- am I cringing? I am. But 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 these are questions that need to be asked. These are hard hitting questions. Standing up, standing up. That's insane I'm- to me. It is a kid thing. I will say that just, just judging from my son and, and his cousins and friends, uh, they're all like just like walking around afterward and <laughs> not, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know really. They don't know how to wait. They don't, you know, it, which is why for the next half an hour, they're, they're scratching themselves because they, <laughs> yeah, they got the itchy butthole because but, they did, they, they did the terrible, they did a terrible job. Right. Right. I, I, don't, I mean, why didn't this guy just ask us, are you, are you between the ages of, you know, six and 99 or are you younger than six that's the that's the answer to the question because anyone that is in the six to 99 range is is not is not wiping standing up maybe once you hit 100 right but but not between those ages right not even 69 not even 69 that's gonna do it that's the last question i think that's a good one to end on uh because because what better way to end a podcast than with a poop etiquette uh, uh question denny why don't you let everyone know where they can find you yeah, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter. I have my uh, kicker kicker column on the Living the Stream Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash living the stream. And um, uh, I didn't mention this last week, and I'm sorry, but on, um, on Fridays or Saturdays during the season, I will answer uh, last minute start sick questions. Uh, I, I'll send out a tweet via the LTS Twitter account. You can ask your question there, and then I will re- I will record an audio segment between fifteen and twenty minutes long, and post it on the Patreon page uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Word. I am JJ Zacharyson. You can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB. 
my 15 transactions column and podcast came out today. You can get that on number fire. And then my podcast, the late round podcast, I have my new article that I'm doing weekly called the report, which is so such a cool name. No, it's, it is. No, it is cool. I feel like you, when you say the report, you need to have a pair of shades that you slip on. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. The report. Uh, that's going to be coming out on Wednesdays. So I actually, I'm about to finish that up tonight. Um, so keep an eye out on that. And then I'll have a couple more podcasts later this week. Otherwise, Denny, good week one. Let's hope that things continue into week two. It's milkshake time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Three twenty PM in the Eastern time zone. This is the tilt montage started a couple hours later, but no less tilting. Uh, than it would have been if I began at 1 o'clock, as per the usual. Uh, One of the more tilting things that a human can experience is Alfred Blue getting a goal line carry and freaking scoring a touchdown while Lamar Miller sits on the bench like, well, like a guy I've touted all offseason, basically. Oh, and Benetieri just missed a field goal. Uh, yeah, okay, good, good. Things are going well so far. Also, the a person was in my mentions this week being like, Catanzaro, Catanzaro, I want to play Catanzaro. Should I play Catanzaro? I was like, no, man, no. You can't play a kicker whose team is uh, is a, a, a nine-point, nine-and-a-half-point road dog. And Catanzaro, of course, is lighting the world on fire as we speak, as I speak. And uh, so, congratula- if that person actually went with Catanzaro, congratulations on going full results over process. I appreciate your, we'll call it bravery. We'll just, well, that's what we'll call it. Uh, um, I also would like to peacock for a moment, uh, because it's, it's really the only reason I do this. Uh, and, and Peacock from on Mike Evans, who now has 27 fantasy points on the day, thanks to a long touchdown from the best quarterback in literally in Bucks history, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, uh, I, I said, it, okay, I just want to say this. I, I, and I've heard other people say this as well. There, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not really a downgrade at quarterback for, for Tampa. I don't really know what in Jameis Winston's career would say that like that he's not replaceable. He's definitely replaceable. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is his performance today is better than any performance ever in Jameis Winston's pro career. Uh, and I'm not saying that the Bucks can cut Winston. All I'm saying is that for Mike Evans and Godwin and others. It's not it's not a downgrade to have Fitzpatrick under center. Um, I don't even know if that is that a hot take. Is that even warm? I mean that that's like that's basically as warm as my coffee after I left it in the microwave uh, for for twelve minutes uh, after looking for it around the house and wondering where I put it. And I come back to it and I and I take a sip and it's 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 tepid at best. And I get mad. And then I put it in the microwave again, and I forget it again. 
I, I, I think it's that level. I think I think saying fit fits is not a downgrade. That it's that that's the level of take we're talking about. So, yeah, I'll stop ranting and raving, but I'm staying with it. Three thirty-three p.m. and the only legitimate time zone on planet Earth, the Eastern time zone. I just want to make it clear, and I and I will clarify this on 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 the week two LTS pod. Uh, uh, when I, when I said on Twitter that the Mike Evans haters are rattled, I, uh, had forgotten that JJ, good friend and podcast partner until now, uh, was, was in fact skeptical of Mike Evans. Um, I had someone mentioned that it may have been a subtweet of JJ, uh, and now it's, uh, it's, it's a, you know, mom and dad are fighting on Twitter. So, um, uh, that it was, that was not, that was not the intention. Uh, I would say that only the losers and haters, uh, would, would, would interpret it that way. Um, but also I wouldn't have thought anything about, uh, JJ responding to my tweets since he blocked me in 2014. Okay. It's 3:48 PM Eastern. And we're going to do a live tilt, a live, a rare live, super live tilt, super live tilt. Here you go. Uh, Andy Dalton is about to take a snap from the 21-yard line, and he calls timeout. (laughs) So we'll resume in a minute. Well, Red Zone never came back to the Bengals game for that drive, so I'm sorry, but you're super live. Tilt, Andy Dalton tilt, obviously Dalton being the main, the number one top streamer for week one, according to uh, JJ and his co-host. Um, oh, hey, they came back. All right, here we go. This is this is a great tilt montage. All right, here we go. Uh, 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 Dalton takes a snap, pumps, gets out of the pocket, throws at someone's feet. All right. That was, you know, that was great. That that was that was so worth it, so worth your time and my time. And it's fourth down now for Cincinnati, so that'll be that'll be it. All right, great, fantastic, freaking fantastic. Uh, Red Zone guy just uh, made it clear that he is all in on the new pronunciation of Tyrod Taylor's name. Uh, he is he's emphasizing that Tyrod. Tarod, Tarod uh, drops back. Tarod takes a snap. Tarod, I mean, he is all freaking in. And and um, I think didn't Tyrod Taylor's uh, dad say otherwise? I you know I don't know. I I think uh, you know the the New York Times needs needs to uh, take one of its uh, investigative reporters and just assign assign them for a year long's assignment on on how do you, how do you pronounce the uh Tyrod Taylor's name Tyrod the red zone guy is is definitely very much in on the new pronunciation and it's extremely tilting I'm tilting so it turns out I'm playing against Alvin Kamara everywhere and obviously just getting absolutely slaughtered uh just a chainsaw to the face situation uh a la Friday the 13th part 3 uh, and I, he reminds me, so playing against Kamara feels, at least feels a little like 
when when you used to play against Jamal Charles in his prime. And you just knew, you just knew, you know, you saw him in the lineup, in the opposing lineup, and you just thought to yourself, you know, maybe, maybe I can get fortunate this week. And he scores, and Jamal scores, you know, 20, 25 fantasy points instead of, you know, 50. You know, it it was just, it, it was, I always just remember it being a nightmare uh, for, uh, you know, facing Jamal. And, and the way that Kamara is used, the fact that he's on the Saints, the fact that unlike a lot of teams, the Saints are constantly trying to score points. I know that sounds funny, but a lot of teams are not really, really trying to maximize points, so they would play completely differently. But uh, yeah, so I, I got the I got the Kamara chainsaw uh, to the facial region today. Good God, it hurts, but it's the. It's the Jamal thing. You just know it. You just know there's a, like a pretty good chance that you're just going to get absolutely wrecked. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football.